Hello. Hi, John. Oh, hello, Merlin man. Hi, how's it going? Uh, it was good. I mean, it was going. It was going really good until until just a just a second or two ago. Oh no. Yeah, I I I realized that I have an injury, and I don't. Uh, it's a new injury. It's a and it's one I don't recognize because I was not conscious of having an injury until I started to walk down the stairs. At which point, my right knee. Which is not my bad knee. Yet. Uh, started to. You have a bad knee uh, and a worse knee? <laughs> I have, well, I have a bad knee and a, and, a, and a knee that's been doing the heavy lifting, if you know what I mean. I have a bad knee and, oh, then, a, and then a knee that keeps bailing it out of jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's an and, enabler uh, knee. Mm-hmm. It's an enabler knee, that's right. It should have been tough on the bad knee a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But now it, uh, I was walking down the stairs and about three steps down, I was like, I was, it was, uh, it hurt so badly. I was, I, I struggled to get down the stairs and not spill my oh. coffee. Oh. And it didn't, it didn't hurt laying in bed. It didn't hmm. hurt walking around on flat surfaces. It's just a walk down the stairs injury. Part, part way as you, uh, you were a new descending a staircase part yeah. way. So you took a few, you were on flat ground. You take a few steps on the steps down and that's yeah. when something uh, something clicks. Is, is it the front? Is it the front of your knee, like the kneecap? That kind of like no, beneath there. No, it's the it's the back. And the thing is huh. that it, it's it, I didn't injure it on the stairs because yesterday, last night, I think a couple of times, I, it was a thing where I, you know, I crouched down to pick something up or pet the kitty or something, and hmm. as I was standing back up, I felt a crick in the knee. Uh, <laughs> so I. So I knew there was something going on, but I got, I, you know, if I, if I, if I wrote every crick that I feel down in my diary, Mm-mm. it would just be a list of cricks. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, it, this is probably one of those topics that's not particularly uh, interesting to others, but it's important to me. The, yeah. uh, how can I put this? What it takes to injure me, mm. uh, that bar has been lowered greatly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like you, I discover injuries or I discover discomfort. And I can think of a couple right off the top of my uh, head from just even the last couple days. Uh, one was my I was assembling a new desk for my lady friend, and it required me uh, – it didn't require, but the easiest way to do it was, you know, you, you do the thing upside down, and then you can bolt it, and you can hold it. And, yeah. you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm on the floor. Now, I have not spent a lot of time on the floor since my child was a child. And you horse around with a kid on the floor. Um, right. I minimize the amount of time I spend on the floor. And this reminds me why. Because no matter how I sat, no matter how I bent my lower joints, it, it caused excruciating pain. <laughs> and then I had to use the leg of the newly assembled desk to help daddy up. So that one, I had a, I had a knee, 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 not an injury, just made me realize, no. wow, this is worse than I thought. All of my joints hurt. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, I just cut my lip shaving. I want to talk about shaving. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm very upset about shaving today. Um, but here's, here's the other one. You, you ever injure yourself sleeping? Uh, I have injured myself sleeping, yeah. I've that, injured that, myself that, in uh, so many yeah. diff- different ways sleeping. I've done the classics. I've done the neck. I've done the neck the is the bad back. one for me. And I've, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cover kicker. I like them to be loose. Oh. 
But you do? Um, you do? but sometimes I'll wake up the next morning. I feel like I've got a sprained ankle from sleeping. That's not <laughs> right. That's no way to live. <laughs> no, no, that's never happened to me. Ugh. That's really that's truly well, bad. You, you're a little behind me, if I could say. Just oh, you true. wait. It's true. It's true. It's true. I, that's what, that has become one of my favorite things to say to people in their forties. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's all coming. Yeah. It's coming like a wave. Just you well, wait. You, know, you, you got your hand problems. I don't know when yeah. this happened. I, I I'm wondering now if I have arthritis because, which is you know mm. normal for somebody that's getting older. But mm. for example, like I cannot grip something tightly with my left hand anymore because I get excruciating pain in my thumb. Hmm. Yesterday, as part of this omnibus effort to improve the office slash bedroom area, that, that is my wife's domain now, we had to move a, a rug. Pretty pretty good sized rug. Now, what a lot of people won't tell you, a rug is heavier than it looks. Oh, it sure is, yeah. And especially when you got the grippy, rubbery stuff under it and it's yeah. hard to drag. A nice rug. Nice rug. You know, what? A, a nice Telecaster, they want to tell you how light it is. A mm-hmm. nice rug, they want to tell you how heavy it is. A rug's more like a Les Paul, let's be honest. Yeah. So we had to drag this rug, and it became a three-person effort. Long story short, it, it became necessary because of the new position of the new desk. And boy, that room is looking great. She's done a dynamite job with her bedroom hey, She's a hell of a gal. Oh, boy. She's now got two different stations. She's got a standing hmm. desk, and she's got her, her, her new desk. It's d- d- double monitors. Phew, she's helping medicine a lot right now. Anyways, I was doing a, I was doing a show the other day, yeah. and I had to go pee, and I didn't want to like say, oh, hey, can you guys hang on? And so I stood up at my desk because my microphone's on a boom stand. And I was like, hey, I've got a standing desk. I could do all these podcasts standing up. That was the last time I tried it, though. I feel anyway, like I, you were saying. I feel like I, no, I feel like I sound different when I'm standing. And maybe I just need to adjust. Maybe it's like the razor where I think I can just buy a nice electric shaver and it'll actually work. Maybe it's mm. my face that's wrong. Maybe I don't have a voice for standing. I need to explore that. So it became necessary saying. to move the rug, which is a pretty, you know, the size of like our, the front room. Of, yep. yep. So pretty, pretty big rug. Room. And it required, this is fairly quick. It required getting a bunch of the rug underneath the bed so that we could create a space at the other end of the room by the fireplace where the desk could go. And I, I said to her, hey, look, you're not going to want any rug under you. You want to be rolling. You know, like Rolling. your homies, you, you want the desk to be flat and not be, uh, you know, cattywampus on, on an sure. inch and a half a rug. Three-person sure. effort. My wife, my daughter, and myself. Three, And we employed all kinds of, like, ancient Egyptian uh, tricks of physics, like putting yeah. a yoga bolster under the bed to hold it up and dragging. Why am I telling you this? My back hurts this morning. And you know what? I'm the least strong of the three of us. Well, I you think were doing my kid the thing is stronger than me. You were doing the thing where you moved the rug four times. You moved the rug to move the thing, and then you moved the rug to move the other thing. You moved yes. the rug under the thing. You put the you put the rug several places that the rug was not going to be. You're wow. You're a good visual thinker because that's all I brought to this entire event was was moaning. Mm-hmm. And having and having some idea about how to use a little bit of planning. So yes, we roll the rug back, we pick it, we don't drag it. You can't drag it on the rubber thingy. We, nope. we size it out different ways. Yeah, that's really all I brought to it. But you know, you got to ru- you got to roll the rubber roll. thingy up with the rug. Otherwise, the rubber thingy gets 
a, a, kink, a kink in it or a crinkle in it. A kink or crinkle. And then you're never going to yeah. get, get that out. What yeah, we ended up doing crinkle. was rolling the rug proper away, then rolling up the rubber thing and then kind of dragging that because it's light. It's grippy but oh. light like a crock. And so that we were able to pull under the bed. By the way, bed, heavy, right? We got a mattress sure, and sure, another sure, mattress. Sure. We got an old Casper and a new Casper on top of that. That constitutes the bed. But that's heavy. So, yeah, we used a lot of science. But you got to lift the bed up even higher to get the rolled rug underneath it. Well, at that point, we're just – all we're doing at that point is we're dragging the rubber thingy, and then we're kind of lifting and dragging the rug. But, again, the rug the rug is uh, the rug is very heavy. This is the gating factor in this uh, three-person office bedroom project. But my, my point is it takes very little to injure me, and, and, then, and then the injury does not go away quickly. I, ah. I spent a lot of my adult life just knowing that I'll be fine by tomorrow – almost no matter what happens. And that is simply not the case anymore. I feel like I've localized the injury now that I've been sitting here for... Oh, please, tell uh, me about it. Well, I feel like it's not actually the knee. It is a muscle in the back of the leg. Uh um, Like a a sub-hamstring? Yeah, not central. Uh Uh, There's a knot in it uh, sort of just above the knee on the right-hand side of the... Of the uh, upper of the of the thigh, the oh. rear thigh, whatever oh. that is. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I gotta so call it your hinders. The, yeah, yeah. It's on the right hand side of the rear thigh, very, very far away from being a butt muscle. This is mm-hmm. down close to the knee, and it is decidedly pulled. And I think I know why, but it's funny that it. Oh wait, I remember. I okay. remember when it happened. <gasps> oh my gosh. And I said, "Oh, that's going to hurt oh, later." Boy. But then I put it out. Of, I put it out of my mind, and sure enough, I was right. It <laughs> does hurt later. It stayed out of your mind. <laughs> Ow! Ow! Now I know what that is. Ow! See, yesterday I was doing work where I was the entire time I was thinking, "This is going to hurt your hands." Tomorrow, you, Mister Mister Hurt Hands, now, yeah, Mister Guy, apparently who can't do a day's honest work without. Having his hands. Were you down in your trench doing your your stonework? I was. (laughs) I was raking and shoveling. It's kind of like you put yourself on hard labor. I, 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 it's exactly what it is. You sent yourself to go into a trench and and be like a federal prisoner in the 1930s. I am doing, I am doing work that you literally could not hire someone to do because if you brought them down there and said, so here's a job. And I was thinking you would just have your like lowest ranked employees come do this. Like, oh. if, if you if you if you went to a Boy Scout troop and said it's a merit badge in it for you to clean up this creek, <laughs> uh, they would pass. They would say what? No. And it's not that there's any garbage in it. Hmm. It's that it's that Mr. Oman, the uh, the old man, the the father who built the house, oh, okay, and raised All his. Right family there uh he he wanted a pond and i think part of it is that his wife wanted the creek to stop eroding in the spring floods and so they they did a lot of they did a lot of work to keep the creek from eroding and i think um i think dad at a certain point got committed to the idea of a pond um but he was using 
I think he worked for Boeing as an electrical engineer. So pond building isn't in uh, – it's not part of the electrical engineering field. Uh, and he, uh, he was using surplus materials as far as I can tell. Some of it surplused probably from Boeing. <laughs> but, al- but also um, – uh, so, so in the space uh, that used to be Oman Pool, Oman Pond – Pool on Oman Pond. <laughs> Pond to be better um, for you. There, there, uh, there were a lot of very big steel pipes pounded, pounded deep, deep into the ground. Steel pipes that are you know six feet tall. That but only only three feet of them were out of the were out of the ground. Uh, that I think things were attached to the pipes that made older dams now long gone. Um, there were giant beams, beams that would have been sawn out of a ancient warehouse, you know, like My beams God. that if they you, hadn't you've been, become, you've become some kind of landscaping Cormac McCarthy. I'm, I'm really, it's nuts. It's I'm nuts. enjoying it. <laughs> these beams, these beams, they'll go on when uh, I close my thighs. <laughs> These beams would have, if they had not spent the last uh, 50 years in a pond, mm-hmm. would have been now in the like old beam market, would have been very expensive beams. Oh, I see. You get like a lumber liquidator. You get somebody comes along. It's called reclaiming. We're going to reclaim That's that. Right. Is that right? That's right. These would show up in a, in a tech company headquarters, like common room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been, unfortunately, they've been in a pond for 50 can, can, years. I don't want to interrupt you, but can I ask a question? Sure. I realize I'm going to out myself here as somebody who doesn't know how to build a pond, but I'll yeah. speak for the listener who perhaps also does not know how to build a pond. Just just sure. real quick, how do you build a pond, and how do the things you've described have an impact on the building of that pond? Because I'm imagining you lay down a tarp, you put some water in it, Bob's your uncle, drop some koi, you know? Right. But, but, but you're right. telling me about pipes, you're telling me about, about ancient beams— Yes. How 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 is how is pond? Well, there's a there are a lot of schools of pond building. Mm. If you go into if you say like I want to build a pond, the first question I think people are going to ask is is it in your backyard or is it in is it in a ravine that's close to your house? The next thing they're going to say is is there is there live water, active water, uh, or are you pumping water? up to the top of a little waterfall and then it trickles down into your pond. Mm. And in every case, you're going to make a different decision. Is one of the responses to that more dignified in the pond community than the other, or is it simply a lifestyle choice? Well, it's completely different. Most people do not have a crick running through their backyard. Mm. Um, And so most people have to manufacture a little pond, a little, little, they, they have to, they have to bring water in themselves. But they're, also, import, they're importing the water, and then is the water refreshed through some mechanism, yes. or is it well, okay? Because yeah, it will be stagnant. Because then you got a green pond, ugh, right? Yes. So okay. you get pump, you got pumps, you get elect. You know, you're moving water around. There's a little fountain, probably, or wow. maybe a little waterfall okay. cascade. Uh, but as you're saying, a lot of almost all pump. I'm sorry, almost all pond and stream uh, culture. That you'll that you'll find at first blush uh, says you know you, you carve out the channel you build the 
you dig out where you want the pond to be, you line the bottom with a pond liner. Pond you liner. Cover that with, mm-hmm. Yeah, you cover that with a, well, a tarp. Plastic. Sure. Well, no, I understand. It's you, a term of art. Okay. Yeah. Then you cover that with sand, then you cover that with pea gravel, then you put your decorative rots around the edge, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, I had no, there's so much more to pond than I realized. It's a lot to pond because Whoa. if you don't do that stuff, then the water just either seeps through the ground into the groundwater then, or. Then it's just, it's just it, a hole. Well, it's just a hole that, that will not, you, you know, uh, it's not a residence for water. It's just, just a means for losing it. It's a well, it's means like for a losing it. Okay. It's a, that's right. You just it's just a hole in the ground, but instead of throwing money into it, you throw water into it. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a boat if a boat were were a pond. Or a pond, okay. So right. but the problem also I think is if the water is touching the organic earth that isn't a organic earth that you have invented that's sitting on top of a plastic liner, mm-hmm. if it's just sitting in the mud, then all the creatures of the earth will come. And that's how you not only get a green pond, but you just get a mud a mud bucket. You mm. know, you, you just you turn it into a it's just a place for a mud duck at that point. Because that, that, that is not gonna score you in my my opinion, that would not score you a slot in, say, Sunset magazine. No, exactly. Thank you. Unless you're in the, but, the, pond, the, the their, their famous um, pond fails page. Pond fails. <laughs> And I did not want to be. I didn't want to be on Vice's uh, like pond do's and don'ts. It would suck so much for, to be put on blast by Sunset Magazine. Mm. And the new Sunset. Have you read Sunset lately? No, not in forever. We got we got their books because their their stuff is real good for yeah, as you know for the West Coast climate gardening. stuff. But I haven't looked at the yeah. magazine in years. I, I, so the mag- like all Sunset- lifestyle. Well, Sunset Magazine now is being edited, and all the articles are written. By and for uh, people our age, and uh, and maybe people a little bit younger than us even, and the the editor is you know like a very active West Coast woman who's fashionable and who really wants to know what the what the best five spa towns in Arizona are. Oh and, sure, okay. You know like where the where the uh, airstream campgrounds where you can uh, where you can you know look out at the Pacific and also be glamping with seven Guilty. different kinds of cracker you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's basically it's a we've moved we've moved from uh, home and garden uh, stuff to basically charcuterie yeah well but also home and garden stuff but it's all like how do you convert your your backyard right. into a fire pit? And a sex swing, but, you know, mm. the sex swing is implied. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing about pond design is it's changed a lot in the last 40, 50 years. Interesting. Right? Ponds, pond, pond seems ancient, and yet it's yes. still seeing innovations from the people who would have them in their ravine or yard. A lot of what you see in pond thinking now is actually to go back to the ancient practice, Merlin. Whoa. To uh, and and what we saw in mid-century uh, was was probably well we're we're talking about a hundred years or more of uh, interventionist ponds. I see, and you you look we're looking for pond originalists. Yeah, that's right. Pond originalists is is kind of the, the, that's who I've been studying. I mean, I'm not like tied to the pond documents, but you know they you need to interpret them. Because well, it's like they condition. say, you know, you want to learn the rules before you break them. And Thank I think you. that also goes for pond. So uh, 
uh, Mr. Oman in, in the years, so he did lay down some plastic and some tarp and then and some beams and some pipes. And then one gets the impression that over the years, the Oman family broke up a few driveways, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There were some patios that we've they got, We've got that in our yard. We still find inexplicable broken up cement that implies there used to be like a whole paved, like, I don't know, like a cul-de-sac in our backyard. There's no reason that you would have that much broken up concrete in a yard unless you were trying to conceal something. Right. Same here. Like the, the amount of broken concrete, and I'm talking about chunks of concrete that if I get down into a proper lifting position yes. and get both my hands under this thing, I can stand with it, but I'm like, you know, Whoa. and then I'm- It would take like two, two Boy Scouts in a Frogman suit and, and some serious yeah. OSHA violations to, to move, move that, uh, those cracklins out of there. Yeah, I'm like waddle walking. Yeah, that's no good, John. That makes jumps. my back hurt. You just—I'm sorry. I know I don't want to add this to your list of cricks, but mm. oof. well, that's that's what I did to my the back of my leg. But so okay. the but the thing is that 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 uh, for whatever reason, these chunks of concrete at some point clearly were envisioned to line the bottom of the pond. Um, but they. Uh, the pond was too big. It didn't have liner all the way under it. At least I, I haven't, I haven't dug down far enough to find it. But this is a this is a natural pond. Um, in a lot of senses, and and one of the major senses is that every autumn, and we're we're entering into that that time right now. The twenty five mature big leaf maples that ring the pond that are 180 feet high or the the tallest maples I've ever seen. It's great. But they all lose their leaves all at once. And big leaf maple, the the leaf is bigger than my splayed hand. And all those leaves fall down into the pond. And then they sink to the bottom of the pond, Mm -hmm. creating every year a layer of leaf muck that grows and grows and grows until it, until it becomes like a, uh, like a muck hole. Hmm. The, uh, and the bottom of the muck hole is in hell. Like it, hmm. there's no bottom. It just goes, it's just muck all the way down, uh-huh. except it's muck all the way down until you get to this layer of broken driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Which and I am taking the broken driveway parts out of the mucky pond, and I'm doing it. I'm not sure why. I'm doing it because there's something that happens in me where if a thing isn't right, and no one else would notice, and maybe it's even structurally important, but it's wrong. It doesn't belong. I'm. I will not rest until it's gone, and I. There have been so many things in my life that I have, where I've like undermined the foundation of a thing, where I have destroyed a piece of art or a relationship or a carburetor (laughs) or, uh, you know, like a, like Mm -hmm. a, uh, a 10 page essay Hmm. because there was some thread 
definitely this happens with clothes. Some thread sticking out, and I can't leave it. And I pick at it, and I pick at it. And so realizing that this pond had all this stuff in it, you know, this is a pond. I mean, the first thing I had to do was drain the pond. Yeah, but like it and seems then, like that that feels like a cop out. I'm, I'm saying you're doing the opposite of this, but it feels like a cop out to go. Oh, it's just a pond, because I share this with you on certain kinds of things. Like I got to get the rod out. Like if there's something here, it doesn't matter if people can see it or not. I know it's there, and sometimes one has an intuition about when a thing needs to not be where it is. Exactly, <laughs> and in in this case, there are quite a few things that need to be. Not where they presently are. And mm-hmm. once I started pulling the concrete out, I just I just I got up to go get. I, there was this little bike helmet that belongs to I think an American Girl doll. Mm-hmm. So it's big. It's the size of what's how big is an American Girl doll head? About, about yay big. I mean, so you're good. You could put it. You could put it on a, somewhere between a baseball and a softball. Except yeah. it's it's Rebecca. Right, and mm-hmm. I think this this. This hat, this this helmet, you could put a baseball in it, but not a softball in it. Okay. And I All saw right. it sitting over there, and I said, I wonder if I put that under my leg and could use it as a like, uh, like a a little hard point to massage my hurt muscle. And so I went and got it, and now it's under my leg, and I'm massaging you my hurt muscle. You have an American girl cool. helmet. Uh, behind your your it's on your knee hurt or are you going to do it or is it like a classical guitarist where they do that fruity thing where they put their foot on a block it's uh, no it's not my foot it's actually on the muscle and okay. i'm using it because it's a round little helmet i'm using it oh, as I see. a you're doing of some kind of uh, ad hoc kinesiology that's right that's exactly mm-hmm. right it's i'm rolfing myself uh, uh so i started i had to dig with a shovel to get to the layer of broken concrete, at which point I had to use a crowbar to pry them out of the muck and then carry them up to the shore. And then yesterday, what I did, I had amassed this pile of broken concrete on the shore, and I and I needed to move it up the hill. And... It's one thing to pull it out of the muck and put it on the shore, but I had to pick each one up and carry it up the hill. Oh, and halfway through that, I was st- – oh, and also I have to step over a log with them in my hand. like I, So they're in my hand, and I have to step over a log, back and forth over this log that I should just take the chainsaw and cut. But I haven't – I've been studying it for months. I haven't exactly picked the spot I want to cut the log i look at it every time i walk over it i'm like if i just cut something, it right something there, inside you says we're not ready for that yet we're not ready okay. i actually picked up the chainsaw yesterday and turned to go down and cut the log and then i put the chainsaw back down and i said not yet not yet wait don't rush just it. wait the moment will come to cut the log hmm but I think I was stepping over the log with a block of concrete in my hand, and I felt my leg go, boing. Boy, who, said, who would have guessed that would happen? <laughs> Later on, I'm going to have an American Girl doll helmet under this leg, is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com 
slash supertrain. There are so many things that you can do with Squarespace. Hey, you know what? There's so many things that I have done with Squarespace. Come, join me. It's, uh, it's Squarespace. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into your own home on the web. You can showcase your work. You can uh, have a blog or publish other kinds of content. B beautiful way to put up images. You can have wonderful galleries. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or online business. And uh, you can even announce an upcoming event or a special project. You drag, you drop. It is Squarespace. But how does it work? It's a very good question. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Of course, the powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online. Get the ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, the products, how everything looks. Just a few clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. And they have a new way to buy domains where you can choose from over 200 domain name extensions. They offer analytics that help you grow in real time, built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting with nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And of course, they have their 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. Uh, you know, I haven't needed it much, but, but when I did, it was very helpful. Also, they have very good documentation. They didn't tell me to say that, but I'm saying that. They're encouraging folks to make it. You want to go make it with Squarespace. So please, right now, you go to squarespace.com supertrain. Get a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code SUPERTRAIN because that will save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. They've been great to me, they've been great to us, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be great to you. Go to squarespace.com SUPERTRAIN. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Um, yeah, I'm looking at a picture here. Uh, this one's got, it's pink and it's got butterflies and flowers on it. Wonder if it's similar to that. Um, uh, this is so interesting to me. So I have to say, every week, when or, or so, when, when we talk about this, we get back to the the, the, the project here. Yeah. And you mentioned things like phrases like carrying boulders. Mm -hmm. That I mean, you're you're a very very young and capable man. But but did, did you have concerns going into this? Did you know what you were in for, or did you know there was going to be like a lot of, as they say, heavy lifting. Uh, well, so when when I when I went to look at the house, you know, I'd been looking at houses for a long time. I'd been I've gotten very depressed. Um, and when I saw the listing for this house before I even saw it, uh, just based on the real estate listing, I was like, oh, I'm going to definitely buy that house. And I think that most of the people helping me and following along my house search were um, were surprised and a little confused about why I chose this particular house. Hmm. Um, because, you know, my search criteria had been for a long time that I wanted a house that had a lot of architectural drama. And this you house wanted is... wanted it to be... Yeah, this was an ongoing thing for you, certainly for quite a long while. You wanted things like, if memory serves, you wanted a place where somebody hadn't... Uh, you didn't want a mid-century house that had then been mucked up by a lot right. of uh, doctor and Mrs. Dentist making a lot of dumb changes that harmed right. the, the integrity uh, that would make it a lovely time capsule. Right, but I also I also was at least talking to my real estate agent and saying like I don't there are a lot of modest mid-century houses and I want one that is full of drama and I'm willing to sacrifice other things in order 
to have this drama. But the uh-huh. house that I chose is not that dramatic. Um, it is a it is a fairly modest home in 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 style. It's sty- stylistically uh, m- modest. It doesn't have. I mean, there's there's some drama to it, but it's not like it's. It doesn't yeah, look I know. Like I, a space I get station. what you mean. It's not the kind of thing where, like, there's a, a sweeping. You're gonna see a sweeping. Uh, oh God, whose house did I see recently? Um, um, I forget. Doesn't matter. But somebody famous has this amazing house with these super high ceilings and the giant windows. It's not the kind of thing where people are gonna come in and go, "Ooh, this is an exemplar of something from a lost age." Yeah, no, they're not gonna do that. They may walk in and go, "Ooh," because it's. Because of the way it's it sits on the site and it has vaulted ceilings in every room, even the ooh. bathrooms. Wow, uh, that's right. See, cool. that's a ooh right there. I caught an that's ooh. That's an ooh. I love. I love a vaulted ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 the humility of it, I uh, it just appealed to me at a glance. And then when I went and saw it, I realized that I'd seen this house a lot because it's sort of central in the neighborhood. In fact. It's um, it, it's at a crossroads of one, two, three. You know, arguably like a four, a four street crossroads. One of the streets. I mean, there, there's like multiple stop signs, like just to. There's basically three stop signs at one corner, because the streets all converge at a weird angle. But it's, it's a, it's a, it's a house that's sitting on a lot that was part of the original plat of the. Of the neighborhood, so not only is it a lot a house, Merlin, hmm. but it's also in the Riviera section. Is that right? Yeah, so it's, so an, it's lot, an OG. There's there's something. This the 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 house has good bones historically from a plat standpoint. From the plat standpoint, the mm-hmm. house wasn't built until the fifties, but the land was platted in the twenties. Yeah, and well, uh, well, you so, can't have grandkids without having kids. You know what I mean? Thank you. Normally, I mean, you could adopt, but but in that case, you know, you don't really adopt a house until you've bought it. You have to buy it and then adopt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, lot A status. Um, there's only a there's only a, a a fraction of the houses in this neighborhood are lot A, and that means if you're part of the original plat and in a section, you know, if you're part of some. Original plat, but that doesn't mean that your that your lot was platted, but that the land that your lot is on was part of the original vision. Then your lot A, which means that you have a fractional ownership in a private beach and clubhouse. Whoa, that is only for the neighborhood. Huh. I'm talking now about the na- about the the town of Normandy Park, Washington. Okay. But within lot A, is that that's written into like the code? Is like you, you're grandfathered in if you get into an A, like you're you're guaranteed a slot with uh, where as I say membership has its privileges. Is that the idea? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, hmm. When they originally platted this, they it they had two private beaches that were because the neighborhood was a, was designed originally because it's called Normandy Park. They were going to build a neighborhood of French provincial homes, big homes. It was and it has be a beach. A, yeah, it was going to be a bedroom community hmm. of the city of Seattle full of very expensive homes. And then right after they started, right after they had their grand opening ribbon cutting, um, there was a country club and a golf course. Then 
it was 1929 and the stock market crashed and hang the on you got a normandy and a normandy beach and this is 15 20 years before uh, ww2 that's right 1920 this is the, 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 the normandy of old uh the old norman i get it okay so so uh so the lots most of them remained fallow all the way through the war the depression and the war and then after the war there was this plucky young generation of architects that were popularizing the mid-century style of eames chairs and and uh, lava lamps and whatever i you know we can talk I always about think of, um, I don't say blonde woods, but I, I think of lighter woods than the yep. sort of teak. heavier Victorian woods. Teak woods and a lot, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. a whole school of thought, an architectural school of thought. And all these young architects, as you know, architects have to study uh, to be architects. And then in, uh, in a lot of uh, situations, young architects don't get to design and have their buildings built. They have to spend many years carrying water. I see. they got to be a Padawan, right? right. You grow the architect braid, and then you, you, uh, you serve, uh, you have a senpai, and like you work yes. for them for a long time, and, yes. uh, and maybe, or an altar boy, perhaps, that kind of thing. And then eventually, maybe you, you get a shot to help out a little bit, but, it, but it's, a long, it's a long road. It's, it's all part of Bushido. Yeah, it's co- Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, okay. Okay, makes sense. Uh, but, it, but after the war, there was... You know, there were all these young people that wanted to buy their first house in Levittown, and there were pink Cadillacs, and there were baby boomers getting boomed. And so young architects discovered Normandy Park. It was already platted. It already had sewers in. You know, the roads were were laid out. It just had – there were no houses on it. And so they came down here and – all but these that's, architects that's, that's, prim- in there. That's, that's really prime. Like it's all it's all it ready to prime. go. Like it's so odd that it would be like that for so long. But of course you'd pluck that up. So what they did is they'd come down, they'd buy a lot, they'd they'd design and build a house, and then they'd go and do it over here. And all the houses were on a half acre lots, and they and they they realized they they had these beaches, and ownership in the beaches was written into the original founding documents of the neighborhood. Wow. And so the the county, King County here in Washington, at some point said, hey, you can't have a private beach. All the beaches are public, and your beach can't just sit here and be private. And the people of Normandy Park uh, I think maybe the county sued them. People of Normandy Park went to court. They they waved the the original papers in the air, and through some wrinkle of zoning, the judge said, "Oh, because <clears throat> this was written into this before this date, it's a grandfathered situation, and they can have their beach." And the county really didn't like it, and the county came back and said because there 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 are creeks running in to the beach the county said we need this beach to build a sewage treatment plant <laughs> for the region oh, and boy. so we're gonna we're going to no effing uh, way in em- my backyard <laughs> we're gonna eminent domain this beach 
to build a giant sewage treatment plant. Ugh, boo. Uh, and they're and it feel it felt very vindictive when you read the the news articles from the fifties. It really felt like they were just like, oh, you have a private beach. How do you like this? How about if we put one million gallons of poop water in? And the residents of the of this neighborhood, uh, they were so not in my backyard that they mm-hmm. incorporated themselves as a town. They they seceded from the there's status as unincorporated county huh. created the town of Normandy Park where there's now a mayor, a city council, a police department. Like they, they built an entire town infrastructure and sued again. And they went to court, I, I think two more times. And each time the it went all the way to the state Supreme Court, at which point they were like, King County, I know that this is always going to be a thorn in your side, but these, these, this little town of Normandy Park has a private beach, and you can't do anything about it. Is it so? But just to, just to be clear here, we're covering a lot of ground. It's it, it's not yeah. so much that they that the city was against the idea of a private beach, but more that they wanted to eminent domain that shit for sewage treatment, or, or, or uh, they're the, standing on principle about they the were standing on principle. Nature, but, yeah, the the way the the way the water works around Washington there there is private ownership of certain play, certain beaches because that private ownership was established before the principle of of commonly held water was enacted <laughs> so at a certain point the state of Washington said all the beaches are open to everyone and the people that already had the beach written into their deed, because the, there are some places where the deeds had um, private ownership all the way to the low tide line, and the state couldn't couldn't blanket repeal that because they would have had to have rewritten ten thousand. I mean, deeds. really, just the, the the analogy that comes to mind is if they want to change all these laws, they're going to need to move a lot of metaphorical boulders this is yes. not something with one one uh, one sweep of the quill and now uh, all beaches are created equal right so a lot of one's no. twosie lawsuit stuff and the, the litigious nature of the community before you arrived was like no 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 i don't think so we're, we're gonna we're gonna fight you uh, in the land the sea the air blood to- toil sweat and tears omaha that's beach right. right on on the beaches in mm-hmm. the air that's right and okay. that's what normandy park but i think <clears throat> the private beaches that you see in Washington are all on a on a like a, a per house basis there's not like a community that says this beach is is ours it's the problem they have down in Malibu they got the most expensive houses in the world and they just got guys with um, metal detectors walking around out in in front they don't want it you know they try to stop it but mm-hmm. But the count, so the county didn't like it on principle. There's no place in Seattle that has a private beach, um, and and so the residents of Normandy Park all got together like a bunch of Amish and built a giant clubhouse in the mid-century style, and they put in, you know, uh, fire pits and picnic tables and a playground and a little wow. meandering stream with ducks in it, and you know they like. They did it all up, and then the county went upstream, up Miller Creek, and built their sewage treatment plant up on county land in the forest. And so it's there. <clears throat> Nobody can see it, 
And they had to work it out with Normandy Park that rather than send any of the water into the creek, because they couldn't do that, they had to build like a pipeline deep under that went all the way out into the ocean, way below the low tide Normandy Park basically pants the city, it sounds like. Well, the county. County, sorry, sorry. Normandy Park is the city now. Oh, boy, there's a lot to follow. This is a, a municipal it's, education for me. It's crazy. And, I, and I, it, I, it occurred to me, wait a minute, I could be the mayor of Normandy Park. You could be the mayor well, of Normandy Park. You, you definitely have residents there. I think that's step one. The problem is that the city council and uh, – so the mayor is, a, is, a, is elected from the city council by the city council. It's just one of the council members. Is the Normandy Park city council? Yes. Okay. But the problem is that Normandy Park long ago voted that their city council would be a um, a pro bono position. Oh, I see. You only listen to you too. So you don't so, you don't make you don't make any money from that. You don't make any money at all. It's okay. just a thing. It's just an. It, is it an honor? Like, do you have actual work to do? You expect I to think go to the office? Work. No, okay. They have meetings. They have meetings. I think. Yeah. I think on the at the Fourth of July parade, you stand around and and. Like old guys come up and and yell at you about uh, how they want to put it. They wanted to put in a taller fence, but oh yeah, but like you could maybe you could be. This is a chance for you to reprise your work as King Neptune. Also, you could you could ride in an open automobile. See, yeah, that's the part of being a mayor I would love. I just don't want to. So good at that. Would you have the banner across your chest like Mayor McCheese? Of course, I would. I would. would. I would convert it so that all uh, all council members wore sashes. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's not a sash in Normandy Park, as far as I can tell. Except what's, there are probably what's, some what's beauty points, retired beauty. It's like getting a, it's like getting a, you know an STD without ever boning down. The whole point is the sash. Thank I mean, you. yes, serve, serve you. your community, fight the powers that be, put it to those yeah. nuts over in, at the county. But yeah, my I, gosh, I feel oh. seen. Thank you. But so within the lot A community, because there's a lot of Normandy Park. A lot of a lot of big fancy houses here where they're not lot A, and if you're not lot A, you can't go to the beach. Wow! And and in the summer, there's a guard that sits in a car at the <gasps> entrance right. to the beach. Didn't you have an anecdote? And, I'm struggling to remember. I feel like you had an anecdote about you and your kid going to the beach, and you were going to see something animals animals in a cage or something what did, wasn't there an anecdote about that something animals animals maybe in a cage. around christmas I'm oh sure 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 the turkeys the turkeys, <gasps> the turkeys. and then now is that was that was that uh normandy park beach that was normandy park not the beach and oh, okay. not reserved to lot a okay but there was a security uh, but- guard there uh, there was n- there was the woman that there was no security. That was what was so crazy about those turkeys. They just sat out there. You could just. You, but then one night there was a woman who told me all about it. Okay. Right. Okay. But but the um, <clears throat> it would be infuriating, I think, to live in the city of Normandy Park to pay Normandy Park taxes for Normandy Park cops and to wear a sweatshirt and a hat that says I live in Normandy Park and not be lot A and not be able to go to the beach and the clubhouse. Yeah, I'm just learning about all this right now. So, so what you got? You got now that you've announced all these things about where you live. Three point three two square miles. Uh, that includes yes. two and a half square miles of land and point eight two square miles of uh, of water, 
which I don't normally think of as being measured in square miles. Uh, by 1929, the entire area had been platted. Good gravel roads were yes. built and a water system installed that was fed from deep wells in the area. An elegant clubhouse was built on what is now known as Lot A, and promotional efforts such as free refreshments and band concerts were offered there to promote Normandy Park. It's all right here. So, so that's the old clubhouse, which I think oh, got converted okay. into a home. In the 50s, the new clubhouse uh, was built. Rediscovered which is like, within a few years, many fine homes were built. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Story checks out. So, uh, but then within Lot A, which is a small subset of the residents of the city of Normandy Park, there is a smaller group called the Riviera Section. And as far as I can tell, the Riviera Section is the original, original plat where the actual borders of each house lot were drawn and so it's not just like this is the land where we will build normandy park it was these are the lots that we will sell individually to people and my house is in the riviera section as well Wow, creme de la creme. John, I'm sorry, I I can't live another second without saying this. In (laughs) the section for the Internet Science page on Normandy Park, Washington, there's a section at the bottom called Notable Residents. And as as of this date, there is only one notable resident from that. As of October 2019, John Roderick of the Seattle indie rock band The Long Winners is a resident of Normandy Park. It doesn't say that. Citation. In the wi- Citation. In the Episode 362, Ghost of a Hobo, Roderick on the line. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, I'd been doing, I thought, a good job of, of, of not telling people I lived in Normandy Park. Right. Uh, because you've, you've convinced me not to let anybody know online about what you're doing. But I just realized recently I'd been keeping it a secret, but I don't want it to be a secret because you know, like I if want. If you cut up your credit card and and, and yeah. the little bits, like people still know it's a credit card. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. In in this case, I want people to move to Normandy Park. Now oh. that it's work from home, a lot of people that live in the city and live in the environs don't have to live downtown, and they're and they're looking far afield. And what I'm trying, I was talking to. Uh, uh, Nick Harmer, bass player of, of Death Cat for Cutie, and that there was this crazy house for sale in my neighborhood. And I was like, you need to move down here, move into this house. And he was like, Normandy where? And I was like, exactly. Nobody knows it's here. This is how I feel about it's- my neighborhood. Like, Except I don't want people to to know anything about it. Where I'm Your like, neighborhood's great. Well, I mean, just that idea of like, if you're going to move to San Francisco, as my friend Michael used to say, the place I was looking at my future home, he said, you're, uh, you're not near the beer. He's like, you're, that's, that's too far away from what everybody in San Francisco does, which, you know, is true. But, you know, Normandy I, Park is 20 minutes to downtown. Hmm. It's 20 minutes to downtown. And it's on, in my estimation, the correct side of the ship canal, which is the south side of the ship canal. And West Seattle, the West Seattle Bridge has been closed for seven months, and they're talking about not opening it. So all the people that thought oh, that they were smart. seems like that must change a lot. Well, it does because there's some, you know, they built this bridge, frankly, not that long ago. And seismically, it didn't pass muster. And then the, the engineers got up on it, and they were like, we got to take a look at the bridge because we saw some cracks. And they got up on it, and this is not that, this is six months ago, uh-huh. eight months ago. Yeah. They got up on it and they were like, holy shit. Let's get off of here. <laughs> Everybody off the bridge. Like, seriously, get off. 
and, and the, you know, the guys in hard hats were standing there with next to their trucks and whoever these engineers were that were, that were hanging by ropes, looking at the bridge, they were like, get the fuck off this bridge now. And so they shut it down. This is a major thoroughfare. Hundreds of thousands of people depend on this bridge and it's the only way in and out of West Seattle, which is a huge neighborhood. What? So and they what were just like, like a ferry. Like they said with no announcement, no advance notice, they were like, bridge is closed, not going to reopen. So figure People it must out. be pissed. Well, they're just, it's not, it's not even a question of piss. They're just, it's insane. There isn't a way out of West Seattle unless you drive the wrong, if you, unless you drive south. Well, you want to go around the, the Cape? Like what the fuck? No, and then you drive. Yeah, you have to get you have to get down off a cliff and over a river. But can't like the you know, river, can't like the Army Corps of Engineers come in and, and put something together? So, you know, even one of those this, janky like Yosemite style bridges where like you you wait five minutes or ten minutes and then this direction goes that direction. Could, couldn't they come up with something? That seems very hazardous. So so there are let me let me count one <sighs> two three four. There are four bridges over the Duwamish River. And one of them, the West Seattle Bridge, is a giant freeway bridge that's that's very tall because it's an active river. Ships go in and out. And so rather than make it a drawbridge, they wanted it to be a freeway. And so they built this huge bridge that goes way up and over. And then there are three drawbridges along the river. There's the old West Seattle Bridge. There's the First Avenue Bridge. And there's the South Park Bridge. Okay. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, the South Park Bridge, which is the bridge closest to the old Boeing factory, they shut that down and said, uh, "South Park Bridge impassable. Nobody can drive across it. We don't have any money to fix it." Oh, Corps of so Engineers then the West closed. Seattle Bridge is going to take care of a lot of, a lot of that. So they thinking. ended up finding the money and they fixed the South Park Bridge. Okay, and they 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 didn't fix it. They built a new South Park Bridge, and it's it's um uh, it's a a lovely bridge, except they made some public art choices that I disapprove of. But that's a that's a different problem altogether. But now the West Seattle Bridge, the freeway bridge closing, you've got the old West Seattle Bridge, the, the canal bridge, which is, as far as I know, just one lane each direction on a metal grate drawbridge. You've got the First Avenue Bridge, which is an improved drawbridge. That is, that's that can carry a lot of traffic, but it's, it's, yeah. The First Avenue Bridge is not a bridge designed to serve West Seattle. It's mm-hmm. a bridge that was designed to move traffic a different way. And then the South Park Bridge, there's no reason for that bridge at all, except for the town of South Park depends on it. Like they blew all their money fixing the South Park Bridge, and now, anyway, if I lived in West Seattle, I don't know what I would do. I would the the thing is the virus happened the uh the the quarantine happened mm. right after they shut the bridge down. So it was kind of great because the 500,000 people a day that needed to use the bridge oh, now all had to stay home. But they won't have to stay home forever. Well, like I mean, I I I'm, I'm not f- super familiar with the area. I mean, like can you get groceries and medical care in West Seattle? Oh. Oh, West Seattle's an entire town. It's a, it's a it's real a, city. It's a city of its own. I mean, it's a it's a town. It's still got a hardware store and a record well, store. Well, according, according to what I read here, uh, John, uh, two, two, two facts for you. First of all, the city council serve unsalaried by choice. 
So that's something you yeah. need to think about. It seems to me if you yeah, get into city no council, thanks. maybe you change that choice. Second, yeah. uh, uh, Normandy Park is classified in the revised code of Washington as a, quote, second-class city, just so you know. Oh, it is. And I, I would agree with that. So second-class city. Now, how does West Seattle compare? Do you think that, what, what class, I'm not going to look it up, but what class city do you West think? West Seattle's. Oh yeah, West Seattle's a uh, West Seattle's a town, and it's a uh, it's, it's got a it's got a vibe, and it's hmm. and it's big. The thing hmm. about West Seattle is people don't appreciate how big it is. It, it 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 sounds like oh, it's like West, it's like the West Edition. It's like no, 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 no. West Seattle could be its own town if they had just come up with a clever name for it. Calling it West yeah. Seattle wasn't very clever, frankly. It's like calling it Seattle Junior. Yeah, they could have called it the town of uh, Luna Park. If they'd Ooh. called it Luna Park, uh, yeah. well, they could have divided it into five towns, frankly. It's that That'd big. be beautiful, yeah. As far as I know, the Riviera section does not come with any additional benefits except for being a snob about it. But, it but does it's part, come is it with, part of the A area? It's, it's, a, it's a smaller subset. You cannot be but, in Riviera if okay. you're not already so, in So a. I get it. So the Venn diagram is, yes, you will benefit from the A things, but a, apart from the fancy name, there's, there's no um, you know, uh, uh, benefits there in two. The benefits of being in the Riviera section are, as far as I can tell, that there is a Riviera section committee. Ooh. And as uh, I haven't interacted with them yet, although I'm... I'm watching them from afar, but they seem to be like an, a group of people that can make comments on your hedges. Oh, it's, it's, like, it's like a, um, what do they call that? Like a homeowner's association. Yeah. That they can come around and say like, as a, as a Riviera home, um, I'm afraid that your palm tree is drooping. They run, they run a celebration on you. They say, that's the wrong mailbox. You can't hang out your laundry. That's not exactly. the ten penny nail. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But what I just so so when I when I when I when I found this house and I remember throwing on my coat because I saw this house and I was like, that's the house I'm going to buy. I'd better go look at it right now. You know, it's a kind of excitement that you get. I threw on my coat, and it's only a mile from the house where my daughter lives with her mother mm-hmm. and where mm-hmm. I live. When and where I've been living for the last year. So it's only a mile. Where my it's, children um, play with their toys. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, which is kind of was the whole idea of me moving down here to be mm-hmm. closer to my kid, to, be, uh, to, to make us uh, uh, a family. If not a, uh, <clears throat> if not a nuclear family, mm-hmm. then, uh, then one with covalent bonds. Hmm. Um, hmm. You know, like a family where it's a, it's a, um, it's a molecule. It's a. It's not a. It's not a. It's not an atom, but it is a molecule. Okay. Hmm. And to live very close by, it seemed like <clears throat> that was because I looked at houses that were many miles away that I would have to drive, but to be one mile away, that's wonderful. You ride your bike, you know. But I walked over to the home, and I realized that I'd seen it many times before. It sits very central, and. I'd seen it in in winter and in summer, and I knew that it sat next to what appeared to be a giant forested, um, either like public, uh, like undeveloped public space, like a like a abandoned lot, 
is what it seemed to sit next to. But in in Washington, unlike California or many places, if you have a lot that you abandon, a lot of places in America you drive by, you're like, there's an abandoned lot. And what it is is somebody's built a fence around a piece of dirt mm-hmm. and it and then some weeds grow. I always and, assume it's an environmental thing. I always assume like it used to be a dry cleaning plant and nobody wants to clean up the perchloroethylene or whatever. Yeah, I, it, I, there are a lot of places in America where somebody owns the thing and the the only improvement they do to it is build a fence around it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, for no apparent reason. I wouldn't even know how to, I don't know how to buy a lot, but I definitely, I wouldn't know how to abandon a lot. I mean, is that a formal process? I think abandon just means that you quit mowing it. Quit mowing but it, in, okay. In it just becomes like an English lot and not a French lot. It grows wild. Right. Okay. If If you do that in Washington, the lot will... I mean, nature is only allowing us to live here. Human beings only have a very tenuous grasp on the land here. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we, if the electricity went down and we stopped having, we, we stopped being able to power our lawnmowers, we would be covered in ferns so fast. It would be like, you'd be gasping for air. You'd be like, where did these ferns come from? And then you would be gone. And there would be, and then the ferns in, in like, Three minutes later, the ferns would burp, a big, loud burp, and everyone would because <laughs> you would be missing more. <laughs> and and this lot that was next to this house had had that had a feeling like no one had done anything to it for fifty years. All these giant maple trees, but then there was underbrush fifteen feet high that was so thick you couldn't put a hockey stick into it. Wow! You know, it was like. You would, if you tried to, if you tried to enter the lot, the lot would throb and say, no, mm. you, Boy, you, you really shall. gotta wonder what's inside of there. Cause you can't see in. And if your hockey stick right. won't fit in, I doubt your body will. I mean, you're not a roach, but what, what is happening inside of there in the middle? That could be anything. That could be a disco and, for all you know. And can, and very enticing mm-hmm. to me was you could hear a stream. You could hear a waterfall coming from within, but could not see it. Oh, creeks and creeks. Mm-hmm. You could not get to it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I and I had identified the I'd identified this place as a place that was, you know, that there was but I didn't I never associated this abandoned lot with the home because they don't they you wouldn't necessarily think they went together. I mean, they're next to each other, but they don't look like they are the same. They don't look continu- contiguous because the lot. Well, they've been is, maintained so differently, I imagine, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. The house has a, a mowed lawn. Mm-hmm. The house is a has a driveway and a and a and some some steps. The house has a, a lighthouse and a windmill. Wow. The property does not the you know it's just it was insane so i went and i got a machete this is before i made an offer on the house i was like i gotta get i gotta see what's in here i'm not yeah, gonna kick the tires make an offer the, kick the tires with a machete yeah so i put on my you know i went i went to my closet where uh, where the sign on the closet says endorsed by the filson company mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i put on my stuff from head to toe and I got my machete and I waded in and started, I just started chopping. And 
I got in there, and the first time I went to visit the the property, there was a moment where I said, I've gotten in here, and I don't know if I can get out. Oh, boy. And this would be... You, were, you, were, uh, you might have been consumed um, yeah. by the foliage. This it was going to be hilarious if I had to, if I had to call someone and say, "Hi, I'm I, I'd like to make an offer on the house, but could you send a team?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I'm it's down, lost and hungry. <laughs> I'm down in the in the creek and I can't get back out, and I've injured myself, and I need to get airlifted. <laughs> I love also, my boot I would like to buy your house, daddy. please. And then I broke my ankle, but I would like I broke to. Broke my ankle, I, but I'm very responsible. Can I have your house, please? And it was amazing. What I found down in the creek was amazing. I couldn't believe that it was there, and it's right in the center of this very manicured neighborhood of expensive homes. Uh, a neighborhood that has, I think, changed a lot, and it's it's. Um, Changed a lot from its original sort of scrappy beginnings and, well, its original like super hoity-toity beginnings. It's scrappy middle period. Mm-hmm. And now it's 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 been through a long period where it's like elegant homes. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that now that I'm outing it. Yeah, you're, more, you're the, John, you're the best spokesman for, for, for this area. You're, yeah, because you can come down. You can, for the price of a one-bedroom apartment in Seattle, you can buy an architect-designed home on a half-acre lot. Wow. And it's 20 minutes from town. And besides, nobody wants to go to town anymore anyway. Well, could you get some of those poor bastards in West Seattle to move out? People like yes. Eddie Vedder, people like yes. uh, Jeff Ament, Diane Cannon. Oh, Stephen Hill. He plays the he plays the depressed uh, district attorney on Law and Order. The Flying Karamazov hey. brothers, Chris Cornell. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh-huh. brings Meg Tilly, Francis Farmer, like from that song, right? Right. I'm, I'm hoping that that's what happened. Well, I talked to a real estate agent one time, and he said, the only people that, because the thing is, nobody knows about Normandy Park in Seattle. Hmm. Uh, and I talked to a real estate agent, and he said, the only people that know about Normandy Park are people your age who are tired of living in West Seattle. Hmm. Because Normandy like Park is just... numbers on that. He's like, this is, where, this is where people in their 50s go to retire from West Seattle. Okay. Wow. I like, okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate that So idea. would you airlift them out? Like, what would you, would you get Boeing to help out? How would you get, uh, get an Eddie Vedder out of West Seattle and, and into... Um, into Normandy. Eddie Vedder lives in a compound above the Fauntleroy ferry terminal mm. that you can only see from the air. And it's not, I can see his land. I know where it is. I can mm-hmm. see, I can see trees that I know are on his, in his yard, but I don't know if I could tell you how to drive to his so it would be hard to even contact him as, as an emissary, as the anchorman for Normandy Park. You're going to have to find ways to reach out to, to people like the hidden Eddie Vedder or the deceased Francis Farmer or the depressed right. Stephen Hill. Like you, you're, I, going to need, you're going to need to, to really close ranks, have a super team of the, the opposite of D-Day. You're, you're going to leave Normandy Beach, right, and, and try, try to uh, bring other people there. Eddie yeah. Vedder and I had the same car mechanic. Hmm. Um, not to not to uh, not to like 
without Eddie Vedder, but hmm. Eddie Vedder drives a two-wheel drive Toyota King Cab pickup that he has had professionally painted flat black. And when I saw his truck at my mechanics, I said, seriously, that's he rattle canned a Toyota pickup. And my mechanic I was, was like, say, like in, in, in your head, when you hear Matt Black, you think it's going to be like a um, some kind of radar impervious plane. But really, it's more of it's. Yeah, OK. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But, yeah. but my, my, my mechanic leaned sure in and he was do like, this? Yeah. he said, it looks rattle canned, but it's actually professionally done. Like uh-huh. it's a, it's in a very expensive <laughs> rattle can paint Dr. job rattle can. <laughs> on a two wheel drive Toyota King cab pickup yeah. and not a recent one, you know, like in 1992, I was like, all right, man, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever it takes. Right. Uh, but my mechanic Right before the coronavirus said, I'm quitting car mechanicking and I'm going to open a bar, a Whoa. rock and roll bar. Whoa. And I wrote him the other day and I was like, hey, man, um, I know you opened a bar like two months before the coronavirus pandemic happened. Um, so I need some car mechanicking. If you're doing a little shade tree stuff on the side, um, I could throw you some some work uh, if you're having trouble like keeping the bar going mm-hmm. and he wrote back and he was like thanks man but i'm never touching a wrench again hmm. and uh, the bar is gonna make it because hmm. uh, we're selling beer in the uh, out the back door or something hmm. i don't know what i don't know i don't know how the bar is making. well that's some that's some unfortunate timing isn't it for for him yeah and, and so anyway he was my only connection to eddie vetter yeah the point is merlin that yeah. this pond mm-hmm is going to, when I'm done, I'm restoring it according to the new old principles of pond. Hmm. I'm going to make this pond. This pond is going to make the 50s ponds look like the 80s ponds. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) 